Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, this morning I started talking about a life of honor, and, and you know, I have no idea what I was thinking that I might actually finish it this morning. I mean, I, I forgot who I was, so I, I had a moment of just... Uh, Forgot my own name, and, and anyway, so I got about, uh, I got a good ways through, but um, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it if you were serving somewhere, or maybe you weren't able to be with us this morning, go back and, and listen to it, really kind of get the, the heart of where we were coming from and, and, and all of that, and um, uh, you know, it's just, a, I'm just thankful there was a good sweet presence here with us this morning, and, and uh, you know, God's always good to show up, and we're, when we come ready for Him, He always comes ready for us, and so... Uh, I'm thankful for that. So go over with me to uh, Matthew chapter 13. I'll do a quick review, and, and then we'll get into to finishing up what, um, what we've got on this for, for tonight and, and uh, see where it takes us. So we were looking uh, this morning, and we talked about various things. Like I, said, I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but we'll look at a few things here. In Matthew chapter 13, have a, a powerful, powerful, uh, really a... a, a a very important account here in Jesus' ministry for us. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 53, it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue, and they were astonished and said, Where did this man, of course this wasn't a compliment to him, this is where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his, his mother called called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? Verse 57, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And so we had noted that in Mark chapter 6, that he says, the account of that says he could not do many mighty works. Now, a few people got healed, and thank God for that, but he couldn't do many mighty works. And, and so we're looking at this subject of honor today, and, and um, like I said this last week, you know, I was uh, 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 working out, and I like to listen to various things, and sorry for telling my wife for her music choices, but I like to listen to uh, edifying things. I'm just kidding. She doesn't listen to bad stuff. She's a big ACDC fan, if y'all didn't know that. I'm just kidding. She's not. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I was just li- listening to various things, and I came across this subject, and, uh, boy, it just really just kind of pierced my heart. And, and um, so the whole week, you know, I've been kind of meditating on things and looking at various things, and um, I believe it was something that, that the Lord would have us to look at today. And really, it's such an important subject. And like I said this morning, you know, it is a subject that sometimes has been abused. Any, any truth in the gospel can be abused. And, and, you know, I believe people a lot of times, you know, just understand when, when error, when things happen, understand that most of the time, most people aren't trying to be abusive. They just, for whatever reason, they just miss, miss the mark or, or maybe other things enter in. So we, it's important to extend grace there. But I mean, we judge everything according to the word. And we don't want to just take anything in and like a bird, a baby bird with our mouth open. Make sure we judge things according to the word. And, and there is a balance on things. and There's a proper perspective. But just because some things have been abused maybe uh, doesn't mean that we should throw the whole thing out. Uh, you know, because the enemy wouldn't try to tempt us to take something too far if it wasn't valid. 
If there wasn't some valid parts to it that we needed that were key for our success, there wouldn't be uh, pressure. There wouldn't be, uh, 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 the enemy wouldn't attempt to try to, to try to mess things up and twist things if, if there wasn't truth there. So we want to make sure we get a hold of these things. And really, uh, like I said, the subject of honor is something that is key. If you go through the, through the New Testament, go through the Old Testament, the subject of honor is talked about over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's just discussed almost uh, uh, just, I mean, Paul talked about it repeatedly. Peter talked about it. It was just talked about repeatedly through the New Testament. And, and uh, in this particular account, of course, it said that they were offended at him. And, and, and offense is something that leads to a lack of honor. And, uh, you know, these are things we ought to be on guard for and not allowing to enter into our lives. Because as it said here, because of this position, this attitude of the heart, this uh, position they found themselves, it limited the power of God. It limited what Jesus himself could do. And we'd referenced uh, in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 9, that in his home or his base of operations at this point, uh, he was there and he healed every sickness and every disease amongst the people. It means that wasn't a single sick person left at Jesus' time at his home base that wasn't completely healed. And so Jesus was operating in the full uh, authority and power of his ministry. Yet when he got to his hometown, um, uh, because of their, their offense with him and their lack of honor, he was limited in what he can do. And we, might, we want to make sure our lives are wide open. How I many of God is not done doing what he wants to do? There's far more. No matter what we've seen, God has more he wants to do. He's got more that he wants to accomplish. He, he, gets, he has more that he wants to do in us and through us. And so we're not done. And, and, and this is one of the areas where we can limit uh, what God is able to do and, and what God is able to, to perform in our lives. And so it's such an important thing. And so we were looking at this subject. And like I said, I hope that you go back if you weren't here. And even if you were, go back and listen to it again. It'd be good for you. Uh, I'm not just saying because it was me, which was pretty awesome. Just kidding. Uh, but 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 it's just it's truth, and you need truth. The truth will set us free, right? And God's word helps us see things maybe we weren't seeing before, seeing clearly. So go back and, and listen to these things again. But I uh, think like we said this morning, you know, honor is something that seems to be a a quality or a virtue in our culture that is diminishing, and so we need to make sure we stand guard of that. How I many of if we're not on our guard? There are a lot of things in our culture today that seem normal and are acceptable that are absolutely not. They're not acceptable. They're not okay. And it's not something I think sometimes we think, well, you know, it's not as bad as this or that. You know, God doesn't turn a blind eye to things and he doesn't think, oh, that's all right. It's 2018. I know things have changed and, and I know things are, you know, God doesn't work that way. No, his word is forever settled. And, and so what he said then, what he's saying now, they match. He's not changed anything. And he looks at, at things the same way. We need not fall prey uh, to this. And I'll say, I'll say, you know, if we're going to hold to the standard of God's standard of what's true and what's not, it will cause us to be different. It'll cause us to be different. And so if we want to live life in today's age and blend in, it's just not going to happen. I said, it's just not going to happen. We, we've got to value other things. We've got to, we've got to uh, uh, hold and esteem other things. We've got to have priorities that are different. We have to have standards that are different because the, the culture of the day we live in is going in the wrong direction. And, and, and if we're going to do what God wants us to do and be who God's called us to be, there's going to have to be a difference, right? Ephesians says to come out and be separate. He, or Corinthians, rather, come out and be separate. And so living a separated life is important for us and is vital for our success. And so we've got to see these issues separately. And I know a lot of times these things are not politically correct. I mean, a politically correct a lot of times is, is garbage. For lack of a better word, a lot of times politically correct is not biblical and it's ungodly. 
Amen. And how many know that, that we should be, we should be more, now we're not looking to offend people. We ought to be smart in our words and led by the spirit. But at the same point, let's not be timid to, to stand up for what's right and proclaim the truth and at least hold that standard true in our own lives. And no matter what somebody thinks, if it's politically correct or not, it makes no difference. If it's biblically, biblically correct, we want to honor those things and live by those things. And so, uh, like I said, it's, it's a, we've, got to, we've got to stand against this. And so we were talking about various aspects of this, what is honor. And uh, uh, when we said this first, what you honor, you're open to receive from. And what you dishonor, you are shut off from uh, what they have to offer. And so... Um, I mean, it's important that we stay open. If they could shut off Jesus' ability to move in their life, we can shut off our ability to receive from all kinds of people by the lack of honor or the, where we place our honor. And I'll say this, you know, our, whether or not we personally are receiving something is not the barometer or the measuring stick to whether somebody's anointed or not. Or, or whether God's hand is upon somebody, whether somebody's grace or not, or whether somebody ought to be in a certain position or not, whether we receive has really got nothing to do with it. Have you ever been somewhere where you're, you're, maybe you were in that position where you weren't getting much out of something and you thought, well, they must have missed it tonight and later realized it was just yourself? <laughs> you know, your own bad attitude, your own laziness, your own inability to respond, your own lack of hunger and desire. Well, you know, uh, a lot of times we want to blame things on other people. Uh, how many know it's, it, our, whether we receive or not is, the bar, is not the barometer of whether it's of God? Amen, right? It's up to us. It, truly, if your heart is open, you can go anywhere and receive from God. Because if you can't, then you are in sad shape when you're by yourself and the only person around is you and you're not doing so well. Right? Because sometimes, how many know that sometimes all we have is us? And if we're, we're limiting God based on who's near us, we're not in good company. But no, God's not limited by that. If your heart is open, God can always get what you need to where you are, Right? I've been in places, you know, in, in different denominations and things and that were totally different from us and, and varied. I'll just say this too. Let's not get full of pride that we know everything. God's doing a lot of great stuff in a lot of places, and we're a part of that, right? But we don't have a, the corner on perfect. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've gone places where you think, man, that, there's some stuff you just realize, stuff's being done that's just not quite what it should be. And yet, if your heart is right, God will still speak. God will still move. He'll still, he'll still respond to you. So I uh, want to make sure we keep our heart right in that area as well. But our, uh, 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 what we open ourselves up to, what we honor, we open ourselves to receive from. What we dishonor, we shut that off in our life. So we want to be careful. What is honor? Honor is giving of high respect, holding in high esteem. It's a mark uh, or to confer a mark of distinction. And to confer a mark of distinction simply means to think differently about a person or, or an individual, to refer differently to that individual, to listen differently, to talk differently, to talk about differently. Honor is treating, reacting, responding, speaking of and about others as we would Jesus. And really, if we keep that as our standard, you know, uh, 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 is what we're doing and, and the way we're viewing things, would it be uh, fitting for us to treat the Lord that way or to look at the Lord that way? If that'll be our standard, it'll keep us out, a lot of, out of a lot of trouble. Amen? And so that is honor. It's giving high respect, holding high esteem to confer a mark of, of, of distinction. And so we looked at various things, and um, we talked about uh, in Numbers, uh, chapter 12, Moses, and you had Miriam and Aaron, and, and uh, Moses had made a mistake, and they spoke up against Moses and were complaining about him. And uh, basically, you know, Moses took him to task on the issue. 
Like I said, you can go back and listen to it this morning, but you never want to be called out by the Lord that it's, hey, you need to come meet me right now. But that's exactly what happened to them for running their mouth and speaking negatively about, about Moses. So it's something that God is very much concerned about and very aware of. And so we looked at those things. And we talked about uh, Noah and the position Noah found himself in, that he had gotten into error and messed up. And yet one son came in. And really this, I think, is so important uh, a, a really important part of, uh, of this study and these things we've been talking about that Moses or Aaron rather, you know, or Aaron, Noah, let me get my names right. Noah got himself into a mess and, and had done the wrong thing. And it had three sons and the one son made the decision to respond wrongly. Nobody told Ham to respond the way he did. He did it on his own. And he came in and he saw his, his father's nakedness. And we talked about the fact that everybody, no matter who they are, no matter how anointed somebody is, no matter how perfect somebody is, whether that be in ministry or, or you know, people sitting next to you, no matter who they are, everybody's got flesh. Everybody's got flesh. And it's important to realize that because the moment you're not aware of it is the moment yours starts running away from you. Right? I mean, we, we don't want our flesh running away from us. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I told the story, you know, of when we used to go to, to Colorado on a yearly basis with Amy's family, and we would take different people with us to help with the kids when they were young. And we were going to take Q one year, and, and Stephen pulled Quentin aside. And after service, they asked me, How did you know it? I said, By the Spirit of God. No, uh, somebody told me. But anyway, and so Stephen warned Q, Now, listen, you're going to go on this trip with Pastor Greg. And, and I appreciate that he did this. It may have seemed like he was kind of talking negative about me, but he also has a pretty clear understanding of who I am, right? I'm, I'm human. Don't laugh. And, um, and so he pulled Q aside and he said, listen, let me just tell you, you're going to go with the Andersons. Just, let me just tell you that you're, you're, you're going to see some stuff. You might not see everything that is perfect for your man of God, right? And you might see some things you ought to do. Now, I ask you uh, this, this evening before service, you know, did I'm just curious, you know, did I disappoint you in any way? Did you see any bad representations of flesh? And did you see me do anything I shouldn't have done? I'm just curious because I don't remember. He said, no, I can't remember anything you did but your wife. <laughs> and that is true. And I won't tell you what it was, but woo, mercy, mercy, mercy. So it wasn't me. You should have you warned him about Amy, you know, that Miss Amy, oh, boy, you got to, Pastor Greg's an angel, but Miss Amy, oh, boy, you know. <laughs> no, we all have flesh. And we've got to live aware of that. Yet when things are going down, things are happening, it's easy to lose perspective on the, on the fact that, yeah, they might be doing something dumb, but we've also done things that are dumb. And so Ham, when he went and he saw this, he went out and he made the mistake. You know, really, Ham couldn't have helped that he walked into the tent and saw what he saw. He couldn't have helped. It really is nothing he could have done. Now, I don't know. Maybe he had an indication that something was wrong. I don't know. The scripture doesn't tell this, but, but we don't know. But I assume he couldn't have helped. He walked in and, you know, and, and, he, and, he, and he saw some of his, he saw his father's sin. He saw what was going on. But the problem was Ham decided to talk about it and decided to spread these things, begin to, to share it with his brothers, went out and told people. Yeah, that's the spirit of the world we live in. I so said, that's the spirit of the day we live in. Everybody's looking for dirt on somebody. Right? I mean, everybody, I mean, the internet's a terrible thing to find out all the dirty, you ever get the ads, you know, that pop up, type in anybody's name and see everything about them. That's straight from the devil. Right? Hope you don't do that because people might type it in your name. <laughs> type it in Amy's name. It's all cute stuff that he said. But, um, <laughs> 
No, but there, he wanted to, he, he went out and exposed and, and talked about it. And, and yet the brothers, uh, uh, Shem and, and Japheth came in and, and they, they, they didn't even want to see the condition their father was in. They didn't want to, they didn't want their eyes to even withhold it. And so they, they took a, a blanket or a jacket or whatever it was. And they, and they walked in backwards so they could cover him up in case somebody else came along. I don't know about you, but those are the kind of people I want around me. How about you? Those are the kind of people I want around me that when I've done something dumb and I'm in a position, I'm not even aware of my stupidity, that somebody else can come along and say, you know what, Let, let's cover this up. Now we're talking about covering up blatant sin or things like that or, or doing anything improper, but just flesh, just the flesh and the issues that we all struggle with. There's only one perfect man and, and, and Jesus Christ, and he was crucified for his, you know, for the fact that he was perfect. He was our sacrifice, but everybody else has flesh. And so we talked about, you know, the fact that what had happened when, when, when Noah woke up and realized what Ham had done, that he got up and it was now the time to place blessing upon his children and pass along the inheritance of what belonged to them. In those days, what was spoken by the patriarch of the family carried all of the weight. And it set the course of the children's lives for, for, and their families for generations to come. And he got up and he blessed Shem and the other brother. He blessed them and they'll be great. But he said about uh, uh, Ham, he said, cursed is, is, is Canaan. And he actually, the, the, the fault of what happened and the fact that, that Ham got out of, out of the love walk and didn't honor his father, it cost, yes, it cost Ham something, but it also fell on his son. And we talked about this morning, I don't believe in generational curses. And I, per, purchases, curses. All right, so generational curses. I don't believe in that. And I say it because that stuff gets taught. And we need to be smarter than that. What does the Bible say? Well, you know, when you're born again, you're part of a new family. And so we're in the family of God, and there are no generational curses in the family of God. Anybody tries to, get, you know, put that garbage on you, they're really trying to get you to accept something that doesn't belong to you, right? But we, at the same time, we have to admit and, and be realistic that we do pass things on, and our actions do pass the, on to, uh, things on to those who are coming behind us, those with whom we have influence on. And the number one group would be our children and those that we're raising up. And because of his action, it, it, it caused Canaan and his descendants to suffer greatly. And eventually in Joshua, they came along and ended up in wiping them out entirely. But it all resulted from a, a position, a heart where, where, where Ham was operating in dishonor instead of operating in honor. Had he just done what his brothers had done, it would have changed the whole story. You wouldn't have lost an entire group of people. The, the, the whole, the, that whole portion of the scripture would have been written differently. But one decision. Do you think one decision can matter in our lives? Now, I'm grateful for the grace of God. And oftentimes, one decision doesn't come back. To, to, to haunt us, so to speak. It doesn't come back to, 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 to affect our lives greatly. But how many know that one decision can? One decision can, outside of, of the grace of God and outside of our love walk and outside of this place of honor, can cost us dearly and cost those that are most precious to us, can cost them dearly. And so this is such an important thing. And so as, as, parent, as a parent, as, as fellow believers, it ought to be something we are so... Uh, 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 on top of to make sure that we're not letting this into our life, that we're not allowing these things. And going back to Moses, what happened with Moses when Miriam, she ended up getting leprosy and was pushed outside of the camp for seven days until her skin cleared up. And, and, it, and, it, and it's something that, that God isolated her because of her lack of honor. 
Now, I don't know about Aaron. Maybe he got right immediately. I don't know if his heart had changed by the time all this went down. I don't know, but, but Miriam, she was removed from the camp. And so there, there's this idea, it's such a, it, this, an attitude or a heart of dishonor is such a, a dangerous thing that we ought to isolate, we, we, ought to, we ought to try to get that away from us. And the best place to start is in our own lives, to cut those things off and not allow them in our lives. This is not something God plays with. This is not something that God uh, look, winks at or looks at kindly. No, he, he, as with Moses, he heard them and he called a meeting. And notice with Noah was concerned, God didn't correct Noah for what Noah did. God didn't tell Noah, you shouldn't have done that. I don't know, maybe, Noah, maybe God directed him to do it. I really don't know what happened. But I, we do know that God was silent on the, 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 the penalty for what Ham had done. This is serious business, and these are things we should look at. And I'm glad for the grace of God we can look at these things and make adjustments when necessary, amen? And so we were talking about these, these things and, and uh, uh, um, you know, really watching, watching how we respond. I'll say this is such an important thing. You look at different things in the Bible. I, I couldn't help but think of David and King Saul. King Saul did a lot of dishonorable things, I mean, honor is not something that is earned. It's something that's given. King Saul did a lot of crazy stuff to David. Go back and read it. He did a lot of stuff that was just wrong. And he would try to have him killed, then he'd apologize. And then he'd go and, and, and make up. And then he'd try to have him killed, and then he'd, then he'd apologize. And he'd, I mean, King Saul was tormented. But notice David, David kept his heart right. Even though David had been anointed the next king, he kept his heart right. And he continued to honor the, the, the call of God and the grace that God had placed on King Saul's life. Even though he was living in a place of disqualification, he continued to honor him. I believe there's a reason why David did all the things that he did and was so effective. And that's a reason why that Jesus is of the lineage of the house of David. Something about this man's heart. Even though he made mistakes, something about his heart to, to, to be careful not to cross lines. And so... Uh, the subject of honor is very, very important. So like I said, go back and listen to this morning and, and uh, uh, you can hear all the different things that we had, we had talked about. And, and, and uh, so tonight I want to talk about heart, our honor in action in different areas. And this is more of an application of some things. There's some things the Lord put on my heart and I believe they'll be good for us. Like I said, honor is the giving of high respect, holding in high esteem to confer a mark of distinction. It's to think differently, refer differently, listen differently, talk to, talk about differently. It's treating, reacting, responding speaking of and about others as we would Jesus. And so uh, this, it, it is a 24-7 check ourselves and make sure we're where we should be. Amen. Thank you for that enthusiasm. It is a 24-7 check ourselves, make sure we're where we should be. There'll be plenty of opportunities to be, people do a lot of things that are dishonorable, but it's important we maintain the right position. Well, first thing, who, do, who should we honor? What should we honor? Number one would be to honor God. Go over to, to Psalms chapter 22. And you might say, well, we're in church, Pastor Greg. That, that's, a, that's an obvious. How many know that that's not so obvious in the day and age we live? It's not so obvious in the day we live in to honor God. Like I said, our culture is going in a direction that, that is uh, not in a good direction. Many people don't even acknowledge that there is a God and f even fewer want to honor him. And, you know, when you look in the, in the scriptures, it talks about uh, in, the, in, in the end, in the last days, perilous times will come, and he starts listing all these things. And how I many know those are conditions in the church he was talking about? 
And if we're not careful, the attitudes of the world can slip in even amongst believers. And so we want to stand against these things. So the first area is in our honor to God. In Psalms chapter 22, in the 23rd verse, it says, You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. I'm going to read this out of the Young's literal translation. And, and many people believe Young's literal is one of the most accurate. But the English is a little old world, old school, old world English. So sometimes it's a little harder to understand. But in the Young's literal, it says, Ye who fear Jehovah, praise him. All the seed of Jacob, honor ye him and be afraid of him. All ye uh, of Israel, all ye seed of Israel. Ye who fear Jehovah, pray, praise ye him, and all ye seed of Jacob, honor ye him, and be afraid of him, all ye seed of, of Israel. And so, you know, we look at this, and a lot of times people want to say, well, you know, verses aren't right because there's things in it. And under, we're under the new covenant, under new covenant, there's no fear, we don't fear the Lord. How many know there is a healthy fear of the Lord that is proper? People say, well, per- there is no fear in love. Perfect fear ca- or perfect love casts out fear. Well, that person, one minister said that person obviously has never been married. Right? I mean, you can be in love and still fear your spouse, right? I, I fear mine, you know, but it's a holy reverential fear. You all know what I'm talking about. And, and it's something that you, you don't want to upset. You don't want to cross. You don't want to, to, well, we ought to fear the Lord, but how many know honor and the fear of the Lord are tied together? You can't fear whom you don't honor. We're talking about in a good way, fear and a reverential fear. And so in our culture today, fearing God is something that, that is non-existent. And real, what, another issue is people view God as being far too common. There's this common approach to God, and it can creep into the church. One of the, one of the things that happens when you start experiencing the blessings of God, you can start taking the blessings of God for granted. And it can happen to the best person. But it can happen to anybody. It can happen to ministers, to lay people, to anybody. The blessings of God can become so common when they surround our life. Really, our culture in America, Western culture, is a result of the goodness of God, yet people take him for granted all the time. I've traveled enough to, say, to know that the whole world doesn't live the way we live. And, and the whole world doesn't have the same opportunities we have. And we are blessed because of a stand that our, our, descend, our, our ancestors before took a stand. Certain things they decided to do. And no, they didn't do things perfect. But they did decide to honor God in certain areas. And we've been reaping the benefit of it. Yet our culture doesn't honor God. He's looked at as very common. People call him the man upstairs. Right? They refer to him all these different ways. You know, well, the man upstairs, the big guy. He's not the man upstairs. He is in heaven, and he is the big guy, but he's God Almighty. And we think, well, those things are just, that's just funny. We have to be careful because being funny about certain things that aren't funny can cause us to lose our respect, our honor for God and who he, he's not the man upstairs. He is the, he is the alpha and the omega. He is the one who is and is to come. He's God. And we've got to maintain that heart of honor towards him. Jesus is not our homeboy. Now, I'm not coming to you. People had the T-shirt and stuff, whatever. But, but you know, there's this attitude. It's, it's making Jesus common, right? That's part of their problem in, in, when he went to Jerusalem. Oh, that's just, that's just who is this guy? Isn't, isn't his family? Don't we know him? We knew all the stuff he did. He's not our homeboy. He is the soon and coming king. And we need to maintain a heart of honor towards God in all of these areas. He, he's not common. He's extraordinary. So, well, you know, we know that. We're here on a Sunday night. I know, yeah, but we all have to watch that. 
People, truthfully, those who, who see God as common or ordinary really don't know him. You know, I was thinking, you know, Pastor last week was talking about the Old Testament prophets. They wouldn't even write the name of God, Yahweh. They wouldn't even write it out. They would skip letters. And you think, well, that's a little crazy, but it really shows you their heart. They honored him. These were people that were completely dependent upon him. Think about that, that, that level of honor they walked in. Are we walking in that level of honor towards God? You know, I was just thinking about little silly things you know, or seemingly insignificant things. I know for me, one of the things I just won't do if I'm writing something and I'm referring to, to God, you look at our slides. Many times it refers to God or Jesus. We capitalize he, letter H. You know, why is that? It's just, I, I honestly, it bothers me to write something. I'm typing in notes to, to, to refer to, you know, God. He said this. It bothers me to write a little H. I have to go back and if I mess up, go back and I make it a big H. Well, yeah, you're just, God doesn't care about that. I care about that. It's not on his end, it's on my end. Honor's not on somebody else. It's not on God's side, it's on my side. It's my decision with whom I give honor to and where, because of whom honor is due. So I have to do those things. See, we take, we take things just far too common. We take things far too, too lightly sometimes. And if the church takes things too lightly, then what's the world gonna do? Those who are outside of a relationship with him, if we don't approach God with honor, if we don't place him first, then what are others going to do? We have to be a true representation. Our lives are, are billboards for the reality of who he is. And so walking in honor towards him is so important. We don't just give God lip service. We should not give God lip service. Go over to Isaiah 29, Isaiah the 29th chapter. In the 13th verse, Isaiah 29, 13, it says, These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people come near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Honor is an issue of the heart. And words that don't have our heart connected to it are empty and they're powerless. How I many you know it's easy to, to become used to living a, a Christian life. It can become easy to come in on a service like tonight and, 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 and to lift our hands and yet our heart be somewhere else. Really, we're just distracted. Well, with that, what is that? If it's not honor, it's what? It's dishonor towards him. And when we dishonor, we deny, we, don't, we, we, we distance ourselves from the mighty works, the things that God wants to do. Let's make sure our hearts stay in what we're doing. If you're serving somewhere, keep your heart in it. Don't just do it because that's what you do. Do it because your heart's in it. Make the adjustment. And you're giving, let's keep our heart in it. All the things we do, our prayer time, our worship time, keep our heart involved. We're not just going through the motions. We're actually interacting with our Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus. We're interacting with them. And so make sure our heart stays involved. If we're truly honoring him, we'll honor what he honors. If we truly honor him, we will honor what he honors. We'll honor what he honors. And for me, the first thing that came to my mind that kind of sprung up in my heart was the lost. If we honor him, we'll honor what he honors. Are you saying that, that God honors the lost? Absolutely. He sent his very best for the lost. And at one time, you and I all were in that number. You know, a while back, you know, I've been doing the announcements on Sunday mornings for a while. You know, I started having people give... Let's give a round of applause for those who visitors who come in. And it was like pulling teeth for a long time because it's just not something we did, you know. 
But for me, it's something that's important to me because why? I want to honor these folks who come in. Whether they know them or not, I want to honor them. Why? Because God honors them. Well, we don't know them, and so why would we do all that? It doesn't matter if we know them or not. God honors them. All of this is a position of our heart. And if we honor people and, and, and we, we go out of our way to go after those who are unlovely and, and those who are in sin and in trouble and are, are without a relationship with God, if we treat them with honor, not because they deserve it, because the fact is none of us deserve it. Did we deserve it then before Christ, B.C. or after? No, no, none of us did. But he chose to honor us by sending Jesus to us. There's no greater honor than that, is there? There's no greater honor than that. And so honoring them, it does give us an opportunity to, to sometimes soften people's hearts, to be receptive to, to what God would have for them. And so where we defer honor, what we show honor to, not only affects us, it can affect others as well. So if we're going to honor him, we have to honor those that he honors. It's such an important thing. There's so many things that God honors. There's so many things that God has bestowed upon honor. We need to value those things. Value his word. Like I said, you know, we live in a day of political correctness, and, and there seems to be a little bit of a revolt going on maybe towards political correct, correctness, but, you know, we need to honor God's word on things. The way he sees it is the right way. Our, our opinion ought to change if, it, if it's, in, it's in contradiction to his opinion. Amen? And that's something we've got to watch. We have to make sure that we're, we're on top of it and, 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 and being aware of Honor towards leaders. Oh, boy, we, we live in a day where honor towards our leaders are, is at an all-time low. I mean, you can't even hardly turn on television anymore. I mean, I, you know, you, you can't hardly watch much of anything. It's hard to even watch the news. Just give me the news. What's going on? It's so full of opinion and, and dishonor. Social media, all these things, it's just so full of, of dishonor towards leadership. We can't get caught up in the spirit of this age. We don't have to agree with everything somebody does, but we do have to stand or honor the office that they stand in. Go over to Romans chapter 13. Romans the 13th chapter. You know, this really, this, this lack of honor towards leadership and, and, and let's say in our nation, for example, didn't just start with the last president. It's been going on for a while. And I guarantee Many of us in here probably crossed that line at one point or another during one administration or another. And it's not okay. God does not care about political affiliations. I've got a few uh, truths. You know, God does not care about political. He's not Democrat. He's not Republican. He's not Independent. He's not Green Party. He's not Socialist. He's not whatever else. He's God. These are all things that the enemy brings up to cause division. We ought, not, we ought not get in the division game. Amen. It's the truth. In Romans chapter uh, 13, verse 7, we'll read this verse. It says, render therefore to all their due, right? Render therefore to all their due. You drop down to the end, it talks about various things. Into that verse, honor to whom honor is due. Notice it doesn't say to who deserves it is give honor to honor whom honor is due. So that alleviates a person's, uh, uh, no matter who they are, 
alleviates their conduct to whether or not we are to give honor to them. It's whether they're due honor. Now, people can't act in dishonorable ways, and there are consequences for that. But I mean, no, what we honor is not a choice we make. It's not because they've earned it, because we give it to whom it's due. In verse 1, if you go back to verse 1, it says, um, uh, uh, it says let every soul be subject to, their, to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. I know a lot of times that can be a hard scripture to swallow. That can be a hard one to take, right, depending upon our own personal views on things. It can be a little bit difficult to deal with, can it not? But can I, let me just say this, as difficult as it is for us right now with what's been going on this, the last several years, the, the years before that, the years before that, the administration before that, everybody's got their issues and their, their pet things that they don't, they don't like. But do you think it one bit compares to the environment that Paul was talking about here that they existed in? Do you think the things that we don't like even hold a candle to the things that they didn't like? It was, it was different. They were fearing for their lives. You talk about persecution, we, we, somebody doesn't like our, our, our post or something, and they don't, whatever, they don't, they don't give us a thumbs up or like, you know. Thank God there's not a thumbs down. Or, maybe there is. I don't know. I've not been on there in a while. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they give you a thumbs down on something. I don't know. And we all, oh, it just hurts us. These were, they were literally being hurt. <laughs> you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, sticks and stones will break your bones. And they were, they were having their bones broken. We just get so hard feeling so, so hard. Oh, they looked at me the wrong. They said, they were, their lives were in jeopardy. They had bad rulers. They had greedy people in charge that were extorting them and making life miserable. And he said, listen, he said, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. What does that mean? All authority comes from God himself. Yes, people can abuse it. Yes, people can be wrong, but you got to honor the position of authority. You have to honor the position of authority. I know this isn't popular, but it's the truth. We have to honor the position of authority. And it's not based upon our own personal likes and dislikes. We have to honor authority. It has to be done. Why does God choose to use the people he does? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know either. Go over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. How many of these questions shouldn't affect our obedience? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 1. How long have I been up here? Do y'all know? Been a few minutes. I'll, I'll hurry up. First Corinthians chapter 1, the 26th verse. He's talking here. He said, uh, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, and not many mighty, not many noble are called. He's saying there's not that many people smart. Not many people who are mighty or strong, a bunch of weaklings. And not many people who are noble come from a, 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 a wonderful family pedigree are called. What, a, what an endorsement of, of what, what a statement of just faith in those people. Not many wise, not many strong, not many noble are called. Why, why, does, why does God call whom he does? I don't know. 
Lots of them think, why do I do what I do? Lord, what were you thinking? Do you don't know how big my ears are? I mean, you know, Lord, what's the problem? I get up to preach people, all they see is ears. They can't even hear what I'm saying. It's ears, there's ears. No, I mean, you know, we, we all have issues. Why, do God, why does God use who he uses? I don't know. That's not up to us. But there is something, there is something about a person who knows that they don't have everything they could. Somebody who's not in a position where they are the most strong and they are the most noble and they are the smartest. Because there can become a dependency upon yourself where you should be depending upon God. And we can't say, well, this person, I could, I could have done it better. Maybe you could, but the fact that you could have done it better might, been, might have been your downfall. That's maybe why God couldn't trust you with something because you, can't, because you are too confident in yourself. God doesn't do thing, look at things the way we look at stuff. And sometimes we think, well, that's not fair. He's using this person and that person. How come they get it? I mean, life's not fair. There is no scripture that says God is fair. It does, it's not, he does what he chooses to do, and he's always right. But it doesn't say he's always fair. See, the Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. You know, I spent some time here recently, I was reading in Daniel, the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, all the stuff that they did. And, and you know, they were in with King Nebuchadnezzar, and, and, and yes, King Nebuchadnezzar did some stupid stuff, but, but God intervened, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up, and, and, and God really showed himself, showed himself in a big way and moved on their behalf. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, there is no God like, like their God. He, he had a, he a come-to-himself moment that there is a true God. But then King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, after time went on, he started to think he was great again and started to think that, ah, oh, you know, I got this all figured out. And what happened? He ended up going crazy, right? He ended up losing his mind. And, 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 and in the end, he ended well. He came to his senses and he repented. But, you know, that, that thing, he, he, was, he was looking at himself as, look, look at what I have done. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at the, the might of my hands. That attitude ended up destroying him, but it ended up ruining Belshazzar. Because his son came along and had the same attitude. In a very short amount of time, the entire kingdom was lost to the Persians. Why does God choose to use who he does? I don't know. But he must know what he's doing. And it's not our job to question these things and, and call these things in, into, into, into doubt and, and all this. It's, it's, our, it's our job to, to listen. All authority comes from God. He's going to use who he's going to use. And, and let's get behind what he's doing. We're told in... Uh, uh, in um, uh, we're told in Timothy that to pray for, make all prayers and supplications, intercessions, giving a thanks for all men, to, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior who deserves, who desires all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. How can our prayers be effective if we're living in dishonor? If our words are dishonorable, won't that nullify our prayers for wisdom for them and help for them? If our fingers are dishonorable, this is where we live, isn't it? Our words matter. We, we either impart life or we impart destruction on the things we say, the things we write, the things we do. Let, let's do this with honor. We can pray and pray and pray, but if we're disrespectful, I feel bad for, for present, past presidents. We didn't do our job. We complained and different things. And yeah, there's always going to be things to complain about. But because we complained, we cut short our prayers. And the world ain't praying for them. That's our job. 
And if the church, if we end up rendering our own prayers useless because we can't control our mouths and live with honor, it's not a good day for us. More importantly, people aren't coming to know Christ. The environment isn't what it should be. We're talking to our church here, Pastor Greg. We're in High Springs. This ain't the whole church, but we can do our part. We can do our part. This place can be a, a place where there's a culture of honor here. Church leaders, same as above. Why does God use who he does? I don't know. We can ask him when we get there. But I will say this, familiarity is an issue. It can bring dishonor. What do you value more, the word of the Lord or the vessel through which it's delivered? I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they dress. Well, welcome to the club. Are they speaking the word? Are they, are they preaching the word to the best of their knowledge? Are, are it, well, it's not perfect. Well, let's, 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 you're not perfect tonight, Pastor Greg. Probably not. Take what's good and get rid of the rest. Yeah, they have flesh. Well, we all have flesh. It's funny when Moses... They're complaining. It, it, is really, it is really silly. Yeah, he made a mistake, but how easily people forget this was Moses who, who with God's help, obviously, but at the direction of it, did deliver you from Egypt. Where was your other deliverer? Ain't another one to be found anywhere, right? He is the one when the Egyptian army had you pinned up against the red. See, he is the one that raised out his hand and in part of the, read the scripture. God didn't part the Red Sea. Moses parted the Red Sea. Go back and read it. Go back and read it. It said Moses parted the Red Sea. Yeah, but he did. He married somebody he shouldn't have married. He, but he, well, he could have just left you there on the beach. <laughs> right? <laughs> he could have just left you there. And, and, and then, then you wouldn't be worried about who he's marrying. He fed you when you were running your mouth. He got water out of a rock when you were thirsty and you were wanting to go back to captivity. How dumb is that? And yet he did something wrong. I'm gonna talk about it. That's foolish. Said it's foolish. What about honoring the local church? I know we're preaching to the choir tonight and I hope people come back and listen to this, but we want to honor the local church. God, God values the, honor, the local church. We want to honor the local church. That means we bring our best when we're here. That means we be here. So I know we're here, Pastor Greg. Yeah, but we can, be, we, we can be honorable towards these things. Honorable to honor towards our husbands and wives. Now we're going to get real. Husbands are to love their wives. Wives are to love their husbands. Because they deserve it? No, as Christ loved the church. We didn't deserve it. He did it anyway. You know, a lot of issues we solved in marriages of people who just honor one another. <laughs> Not take each other for granted. Amen. Maybe you're on the t being taken for granted side. Well, a lot of problems would be fixed if people wouldn't voice their dissatisfaction at being taken for granted. <laughs> a lot of times people don't want to honor because they're afraid if I honor somebody I won't get what's coming what should be coming to me that's a lie 
I'm going to withhold honor. And, and, and even in this, husband's wife, I'm going to withhold the honor they're due because if I do, if I give in, then I'm not going to get what I deserve. You're looking at it wrong. Somebody's got to be the adult and show honor and, and put an atmosphere where God can move and the mighty works can begin to happen. That's the truth. Why not treat one another as common? Husbands and wives endeavoring to honor their spouse won't go places, won't look at things, won't talk to people in inappropriate ways, won't cross boundaries that ought not be bound of a crossed. Come on, is this real life or what? This is where we live. We ought to honor our spouses, honor towards our parents. Ephesians 6, I know we got to finish, but children, obey your parents the Lord for it's right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. We ought to honor our parents. Now, when we're at home, you do obey. Even when you don't understand, obey. But when you become an adult, you don't have to obey them any longer, but you still have to honor them. I said, you still have to honor them. Well, they did this, they did that. They didn't raise me perfectly. You better honor them. If you wanted to be well with you, you better honor them. People don't honor. They wonder why stuff happens. Well, stuff happens because you got out of honor. You got into this, a heart of dishonor. You're going, they're going to see some flesh in our, in our family. We had to honor our children. That scripture goes on to say, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. We had to honor them by treating them with love and respect. Yes, discipline when you have to discipline and do the things you have to do, but you still honor them. You don't want to provoke them to wrath. Go too far. Listen, I've had to apologize to my kids. You know what, guys? That was too much. I messed up. Have you ever heard me say that, Mia? Yeah. <laughs> Amy says it all the time, every day. <laughs> Actually, we, we made a billboard, put it in our house. Mommy's sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was, she's way more messed up than me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've had to apologize to my children. We had to honor them. But I mean, you know, honor is also training them. Sometimes it ain't easy to train your kids. It is tough to do this. And that's not just when they're young. It's when they're older, too. You're, they're still watching you. Living a godly example. Sometimes the biggest problem to our training is we have to adjust something in ourselves if we're going to train it in them. And oftentimes, I've seen it working with teenagers. The biggest problem is not the kid. It's mom and dad. Because they allow an environment that ought not be what it is, and they foster these things, and it gets led into their children. Listen, if you honor your children, you'll train that stuff out. It's the way they should go, not the way you're going. And the only way you can train them the way they should go is go there yourself. Come on, it's the truth. That's honoring our children. They have few, I was in Walmart last week. You been to Walmart last week? And I walked down the, 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 the school supply aisle and it had been destroyed, you know, just stuff everywhere. And you had a grandma, a mom, and a daughter. And I walk up and I can tell something's not right. And I heard the mom say, I'm tired of talking about this. I'm done with this conversation. And the daughter goes, well, I'm not done with the conversation. I thought, oh, dear Jesus, get me out of here. I, think I walked off as quick as I could. I thought, if I did that when I was a kid, woo, I'd be living in the Walmart, right? I mean, hey, find yourself a new home. Where the heart is, right? That old movie, right? I mean, I'd be living in Walmart. I need to go to the first aid section, right? I mean, I, I, I got to get, get some help. You think, I can't believe that kid talked to their parent. I can't believe, you ought to be saying, I can't believe that parent allowed their kid to talk to them that way. Come on. I love you enough to say, you better shut your mouth. 
right? When they can't train their flesh, I help you train your flesh. That's my job, but you do it in love. You don't cross that line to where you're, you're provoking them to wrath. We ought to honor our employees, employers. We ought to be the very best. Why is this important? First Timothy, you can write this down, First Timothy 6, 1. Let as many bond servants that are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that in the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Sometimes the worst testimony in the job is believers. It's the truth. We ought to honor our bosses. There to be honor between generations. I see this happening more and more. Old school against new school. Listen, there, there's just one school. It's, 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 it's his school, right? We ought not be in an opposition to one another. We may do things differently, and that's all right, but let's make sure we don't let a spirit of dishonor get in there and we cut off God from being able to move amongst us. Young people, we ought to respect and honor them. Young, older people, we ought to respect and, and honor them as well. There should be a working together. Lots of times we make stuff that's not important. We make them such big deals. And all, what, all, what happens is we just miss out on God's best. We ought to honor our brothers and sisters in Christ. I know i got to stop, but we have to honor our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to recognize the gifts in one another and honor those things. It's the truth. Joel Siegel wrote this, and he had a book that he wrote on honor this week. I was just kind of thumbing through it, and he said, believers, ministers included, must learn to recognize the gifts in others in the body. For now more than ever, the one-man show mentality in the body of Christ will not work. In grade school, an eye on an assignment meant incomplete. That's also true in the church and ministry. Anytime it's just I realize that something is missing from the equation, other people. There are no solo, solo acts in the kingdom of God, so it is essential that we correctly relate to others who have, the, who have also answered the call to serve. So true, we need one another. We ought to speak of and speak to our brothers and sisters with honor. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just real. When I see a problem, I got to call it out. I'm just real. Yeah, you're real carnal. Right? You can't control your mouth. You're real carnal when you can't control your mouth. We're faith people, aren't we? We had to be calling out and drawing out of people the God-given talents and gifts that are in them, not, not magnifying their faults and mistakes. Putting them in a box where they can never step out of where of their past failures and not be who God's called them to be. Our attitude towards others is so important. We're all, everybody's useful to somebody. Everybody's useful to somebody. Paul, talking about uh, uh, Mark, who messed up, he is useful to me in ministry. Later in life, he needed Timothy, or needed, needed Mark. Let, this, let, our, let our church continue to be a place of honor. Let it continue to be a place of honor. Let our lives continue to be lives of honor. Areas where we've missed it, let's make those adjustments. If you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you've let, whether it be offense or dishonor, all those things, how they're related together, you, you let you, they've come in and your joy for the Lord is, we said this morning, you can't be in love with Jesus 100% in walking in dishonor. If you find yourself in a place where things aren't working the way they should, make, make a concerted effort to change it, to evaluate where you are, but then redefine who you are in those situations. Reinvent yourself in the church. Reinvent yourself in the home. Reinvent yourself at work. Reinvent yourself in light of God's word. Make yourself a person of honor. Change the course that you're going. It's important. You, you owe it to yourself, to your family, to those. Are, you, we owe it to the world. 
I'm going to close with this scripture, Romans chapter 12. We'll, we'll end with this. went a little longer than I wanted to, but we're done. Romans chapter 10, 12. It says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Be kindly affectionate to one another in with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. The ESV of this, of this verse, and I love what it says. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Now get this. He says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Listen, if we'll make this our goal, we'll make this our aim, whether it be whoever it is, to live a life of honor, we won't be cut off from the mighty works what God wants to do. It's such an important thing. I challenge you. Sunday night, we're the, we're the core group. As, as, a, as, a, as a core group, let, let's, let's make sure that the, 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 the atmosphere is what it should be. We'll affect Sunday mornings. We'll affect Wednesday nights. We do these things. I tell you what, we'll position ourselves for all that God wants to do. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.